0: Title Health on Point in three, two, hi, and welcome to a very special edition of Title Health on Point. I'm Roger Fallabout, your host. On the program today with us, and we're honored to have her here, is Dr. Rupali LeMay. She is from Johns Hopkins. She is also an expert in the field of vaccine hesitancy, something that is absolutely essential and critical to our world today. Joining us virtually from Hopkins is Dr. LeMay. And Dr. LeMay, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: It is wonderful to have you here. With all of our first-time guests, we ask that you take a couple of minutes at the beginning of the show to tell our listeners and our viewers something about you. So uh, give us the Rupali LeMay story.
1: Yeah. No, thank you so much. So I'm originally from the Midwest. I grew up in Kansas. Um, my background is actually political science and advertising. And so started my career in advertising and then decided that I wanted to do something a bit different. So I went on to get my master's in U.S. foreign policy and then decided to get a master's in public health. And I remember walking across the stage and thinking, never going back to school again. And then two years later, started my PhD at Hopkins, and I've been at Hopkins since. Primarily working in HIV and AIDS for about 10 years. And then for the last five or six years, really focusing on how do we increase acceptance of vaccines.
0: That's quite outstanding. How did you become associated with us here at Title Health?
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. I was connected to Dr. Robert Joyner um, through some other work that we were doing because we were very interested in really working um, with some populations on the Eastern Shore that we have seen really have some hesitancy around the vaccine. So that's what my connection is.
0: So we mentioned at the top of the program that you are an expert in vaccine hesitancy and in your research in that field. So Define that for us. What is vaccine hesitancy and how has that changed or has it over the years?
1: It's a great question. I think most people think about vaccine behavior as sort of a yes or no, but it is more complicated than that. So we have individuals that could delay some vaccines, could review some vaccines, or could make a decision about vaccines, but be uncertain about that decision. So vaccine hesitancy is really a range of behaviors. Um, and it has changed over the years. I would say sort of pre-COVID, there were four main reasons why people would hesitate to get a vaccine. So the first was side effects. People were worried about the different types of side effects that could occur, in addition to the misperception that vaccines could cause autism, which has been soundly refuted. The second was vaccine ingredients. People were concerned about what people were putting in vaccines. The third was vaccine schedules. So when you think about childhood vaccines and the number of vaccines and doses that children have to get. And the last piece really focused on risk perception is that a lot of the vaccines we recommend, people have never seen. So when you're trying to convince someone to get a vaccine for, let's say, rubella, people will say, well, I don't even know what rubella is. And so since COVID has started, this has shifted a bit more. And I will say other reasons for hesitation is that There is a huge perception that the process of vaccine development has been politicized and that causes a lot of pause. The second issue that we have seen is that people are really being bombarded by misinformation and that is causing a lot of challenges with regards to people being able to discern what is right information and what might be inaccurate information. And then the third piece is that we've been living in uncertain terms, sort of uncertain lives, I would say, for almost a year now. And so I think people just have a lot of fear and anxiety. And the vaccines that are coming out related to COVID, even though that they've gone through a rigorous safety and efficacy process, people just have concerns because it's a new vaccine product.
0: What surprised me when we ran a poll of our staff and, and even some members of our community, the number one reason that they were hesitant to get vaccinated was not the speed at which the vaccine had come to market, but, but rather side effects. And you, and you mentioned those. Should people have a genuine concern about the side effects of this vaccine? Great. So the
1: two products that we have here in the U.S. From the clinical trial data, as well as what we're seeing as we're starting to roll out, particularly 1A and in some states 1B, is that most of the side effects are quite minor, and the same side effects that you would see across any sort of vaccine. So you could have redness at the injection site, you could have soreness in your arm, you might not feel well for a couple days, you could get a slight fever, but that really shows that the vaccine is working because it's really inducing an immune response. And so the vaccine side effects are very much on par with any other type of therapeutic intervention that you might receive. So I try to think about it in the same way as let's say your doctor recommends a blood pressure medication. You could have some side effects related to that, but the reason that it's recommended is that the benefits really outweigh any risk related to the product.
0: Absolutely. Based on your research, What advice do you offer and do you offer advice to people who are on the fence and haven't made their mind up yet about getting vaccinated? And I'm not necessarily just speaking about COVID, um, but vaccines in general.
1: One thing that we try to do is we try to really focus on who do people trust with regards to a source of information. 20 years ago, most people would listen to what their doctor said and follow it without really going into more detail and doing more research that has changed quite a bit. So it's really important to make sure that people are talking to someone that they trust, but that also understand the vaccine science. So that's one piece. The second piece I would say is that if you have questions or concerns, don't be shy about them. You should be able to talk to your healthcare provider, whether that's another trusted individual that you speak with, that could be a pharmacist, whoever that may be. Ask those questions. Make sure that you are feeling as though you can be transparent about your concerns and you should be able to get transparent information back. I think for me, there's so much uncertainty right now. And one piece that we've been really trying to stress with communities that we have been working with is that we all very much want to get back to living, quote unquote, normal lives. Vaccine is one way, really one, one pathway, I would say, to get us back there. And what's incredible about these two products is that they have high levels of efficacy, which means they're very effective at preventing someone from getting COVID, but they also have an excellent safety profile. And there have been more than 40,000 individuals that were in the trials alone. And as you can imagine, because of all the scrutiny on the vaccines, a lot of information has come out related to what happened during the trials to be as transparent as possible. And really, I think to relieve some of these concerns that people may have.
0: You brought up a really great point about a ton of information being available out there. And and, and, and really, just 20 years ago, it was you trusted your doc, you listened to your doc, and, and you did what your doc had to say. You and I and everyone else today can go on the website and find pages upon pages upon pages and self-diagnose ourselves. How dangerous is that when it comes to understanding and best understanding what's good for us?
1: It's a great question, and it's something that we have grappled with, particularly in the vaccine space. Here's the thing. If you go to the news, that has to be fact-checked. To go to social media, people can post what they want. It doesn't have to be fact-checked. So while social media is great with regards to breaking down the digital divide and allowing people to have access to lots of information that they might not have had access to 20 years ago, it also, unfortunately, is very rife to have an environment where there's disinformation and misinformation around. And people, I think, are very susceptible to these stories where, for example, if I got on and posted something on social media and said, hey, I got my COVID shot. It was great. Versus someone comes on and says, oh, my God, I had the worst experience. I fainted. I passed out. Whatever it may be, that tends to go viral, not the one of making vaccination that I had no problems. And so that's really the issue with social media is that it amplifies these very small proportions of, of stories, I think, that might sort of, you know, reflect vaccination in a negative light, but really makes it look like it's a bigger issue than it is. I would say the majority of individuals that get the vaccine will not have any major side effects. Um, with that being said, there are, you know, there are side effects that we need to be transparent about. But again, the overwhelming majority of people will not have any issues with the vaccine.
0: Yeah, thousands of airplanes land safely every day, but nobody reports about those, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. You You mentioned a moment ago that, vaccine is one of the pathways to getting us back to normalcy or whatever normalcy becomes in 2021 and beyond. Is it the best pathway, in your opinion?
1: It's a great question. I think from a vaccine perspective, what we have seen so far is that if you get the vaccine and if you get both doses, it will reduce your risk of contracting COVID by 95%, which is a huge number. I think in terms of efficacy, that is not what I think anyone thought we were going to get with the COVID vaccine. The good news is is that even though you've gotten the vaccine, it's still important to continue to social distance and use your face mask is because we need everyone to first get the vaccine so that we can get some level of protection conferred across at the population level. So it's the most, in my opinion, effective intervention that we currently have with regards to fighting against COVID
0: And thanks for the reminder about masking up and washing your hands and social distancing, still extremely important in our world. Let me ask you this. I don't know that you can answer this question, but I'll try. Whose job is it to persuade people, if that's even the right word, word, to get vaccinated?
1: It's a good question. And I think from my perspective, the key thing that we have been trying to do is ensuring that people have the right information they need to make an informed decision. To me, it's a public health innovation, and it's really an amazing thing that we were able to develop two products in less than a year with such amazing safety and efficacy profiles. But I do think it's a conversation from sort of a public health perspective, so that includes pharmacists, that includes nurses, that includes doctors, that includes administrators, anyone that has an understanding of the vaccine development process as well as implementation process, I think, play a key role in really talking to others about the vaccine, talking about their experiences if they get the vaccine, so that we can get more people protected.
0: Dr. LeMay, where would you point people who want additional information on the vaccines or vaccine hesitancy?
1: Absolutely. So the CDC is a great place to start. They have a huge compendium of resources. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Johns Hopkins University. We have a whole website that I think a lot of people have been looking at with regards to tracking cases. In addition to just tracking cases, we have a resource page that has lots of different information for different audiences that people can go to.
0: What is the most important thing, as we near the end of the program, what is the most important thing that you would like people to remember from this podcast and the information that we've shared?
1: Most important thing would be that if you have questions, ask them. You know, I think it's really important for individuals to feel as though if they have concerns that they're not being dismissed. You know, I am a mother with two small kids. And when I was going through sort of the early childhood visits for my children, I had questions about vaccines as well. I studied it, I still had questions. And so I think it's really important for people to feel as though that they can feel empowered to ask questions so that they do feel more reassured, I would say, with regards to their decision of getting a vaccine.
0: Dr. Rupali LeMay, thank you so much for being with us today and providing such great and valuable information to our audience. It's been wonderful to have you on the program.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me.
0: And that will do it for this edition of Title Health On Point. I'm Roger Fallabout for Dr. LeMay. Have yourself a great and safe day. And we'll see you again on the next edition of Title Health on Point.